Boom. We're back from our break. New episode. Same day. We both had to pee. <laughs> it happens. It was an hour and a half. Yeah, we drink a lot of coffee. We need to expunge ourselves. Correct. I always, always drinking a lot of coffee. We got water now, and... Uh, I have a caffeinated seltzer that I have yet to pop open. And it's called Aha! Aha! There's <laughs> Aha. caffeine in this. Um... Yeah, no, it bites me in the tail because, like I said in the first part, we have been hiking the battlefield, and since I just drink coffee like it's going to end one day, <laughs> we'll get like three-quarters of a mile in and be like, hey, you guys keep going and I'll catch up with you. Like, we're, <laughs> we're in the woods. This is It's God's men's room. I'm God's pretty sure room. I'm accruing really negative karma by peeing over hollowed ground hallowed ground (laughs) there was a tweet sent out during the gettysburg 150th that like there was a link or one of the speeches said hollowed ground Mm -hmm. and someone tweeted like they must be doing some excavating or whatever (laughs) and i remember reading that it was a really uh the that was the day uh, we'll talk like we talked about my grandfather being an influence he passed when i was in high school Mm -hmm. and we got the phone call on a day like on a school day and they pulled me out of class, and I'm just, like, waiting for Joe to come pick me up so we can go down and, and figure things out. And I'm just watching this, and I saw that tweet, and I was like, this is a terrible day. Great joke. <laughs> Great joke. <laughs> so we are getting ready to enter high school. Speaking of high school and yeah. the weird times that followed. All right. You want me to kick it off? Yeah, I kicked off the last one, so I'll let you. All right. So I can remember the first band in high school, ninth grade, that hit me hard was 30 Seconds to Mars. I remember it was their their self-titled album, the one that was a lot more like industrial, like industrial rock metal. And I had that on my headphones every day. I was not paying a bit of attention class. And that record was just like sending me to different places in my head. That was yeah. crazy. Um, and then that was followed up with their with their following records and This Is War. And I remember that, that concert, um, I went to see them. It was at... Uh, it was at some college, and it was in their 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 auditorium, their stadium area that they had turned into a to a to a concert. I remember we had we had we had seats. We weren't on the floor. I'd never been on the floor yet, but we were up in like the rafters area, like yeah. on the, on the bleachers stuff. And I remember seeing them. They were doing the This Is War tour, and I think we were two songs into the set. And so the the floor area was kind of like a VIP for like the college students who had yeah, bought tickets uh-huh. ahead, but it wasn't filled up. Um, and Jared Leto, the singer, all of a sudden, two songs in, he's like, you know what? He's like, hey, security guards, get ready. He's like, we got to fill this floor up. I don't care where your seats are. Get down here. And my mom remembers thinking, like, this was the day that I knew you were growing up and you were going to do your own thing. I didn't even look at them. I just got up and I just said, I said, I'm going down there. And I rushed down there and I got down on the, the floor, the pit area. And that concert was amazing. At one point, Jared Leto came down into the crowd, was walking through people, like high-fiving everyone. He brought people up on stage. It was amazing. That was huge for me. That was the band that was like really, really key to me. And I'll get into, it was in 10th grade that that band did something really important for me. Um, But so that was a huge one. And then towards the end of ninth grade year, um, I started talking to this girl and uh, I was wearing a 30 Seconds to March t-shirt and she came up to me. She's like, I really like that band. They're really great. And I was like, oh, well, thank. They're like my favorite band. And I remember her showing me AFI. Now, I don't know. A lot of people be like, oh, but that band was 
just massive. That was the point. So when I met that girl, there was I an was, AFI song on the Madden soundtrack. Yeah, dude, oh, they're everywhere. God, I can't. Girls remember. not gray. No. Miss Murder. Uh uh-uh. uh. It was the one I really like that I never remember the name of. They got a lot of good ones. Well, I'm, I'm biased when I say that. But I remember that girl. That was the Don't first they yell girl. Breakdown. He, it's the one where he says Spanish randomly in the. Is it fall? Oh, fall? um. Yeah, leaving song part two. That one, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's my favorite day. That's I the saw, well, outside of the sailing the black seas. Yeah, black sails in the sunset. Bla- yeah, no, I totally mixed that up with a Primus sailing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But um, so that girl that at that point is still I'm still in that period where I'm 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 a sports guy, but I got mm. this music taste and I can't bond with anything about it. And then I meet this girl and she was super like goth emo, and so she her AFI was her favorite band, and so she showed me that. And that was my first time really connecting with someone, being like, whoa, you're like me. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're the same. And that was huge. And so that band, you know, that band had that meant that band meant a lot because, you know, that was her band and it became my band because I loved it. I got into it so hard. And it was like, these guys are so different. You know, I hadn't really heard anything like that in, in my, my experience and just how emotional and how just out there the lyrics were. They were these very like philosophical kind of like stream of consciousness lyrics that that was just that those that band tore me apart inside and out and put me back together um and then so another band that she got me into was him and that is still another one of my all-time favorite band so those two bands that was the first time that i that was my first experience with having another person get me into music yeah. besides my parents because no one else had really ever me ever gotten me into a band that really changed my life you know their bands was like oh yeah, i like this song here there yeah because up but to this that, point like all the bands that so- other people had gotten me into i still like but it wasn't like it wasn't monumental, yeah. and so and then that girl too. Well, also like really then, whether it was like really her or just me being with someone that allowed me to open up, really then started. I really started identify with who I was and who I wanted to be, and being like, you know what, I can wear the stuff that I want to wear. I can start wearing the black skinny jeans right. and the because up until that point I was just a total jock guy. You wouldn't have known that I was into all this stuff, and so it really helped me open up and be like yeah, man, I'm going to put on black nail polish and do this. And yeah, like up to this point, I had always been the like wear my heart on my sleeve guy. Mm-hmm. Like I I was always the, like from age 11 to age 20, like my wardrobe was just band t-shirts. Yeah. Because I had to be like sick and cool. <laughs> High school is where I started doing that. And then meeting yeah. this girl and getting into these bands, that's where it, <laughs> I really started blossoming and coming my own. And then so... Getting into those bands, then I also started then really kind of experimenting with more. I was in that, now I was in that phase of like, I understand my emotions now and I am depressed and in pain and going through all that shit. So that was when like, I had, you know, my parents had always played Nirvana and Soundgarden, but then that, you get it. Then I got it, you know, those, those kind of bands. But even then you don't get it. Like now you look back and I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. But at that time it was like, these guys are are in pain. I'm in pain with whatever I'm going through. Um, And so... That then led into 10th grade. So I was listening to Grunge, 30 Seconds to Mars, him, AFI. Um, I had kind of gotten away from the metal side at that point. I was listening more to that alternative rock, punk kind of weird blend. Yeah. Um, and so it was in 10th grade that um, I picked up the guitar again. 
uh, because of this girl, because she was played piano and she was like, and I was like, I kind of lie. I remember lying a little bit. I was like, yeah, I, I play guitar a little bit because I played when I was like 10 and I knew like three chords. Oh, we all did it. Yeah. And so I was in like seventh grade. We all had that super awesome band that like, well, we're just not ready yet. Yeah. And in reality, we're like, dunk, 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 can't play shit. Yeah, even in a band. Just... But so I started really picking up the guitar at that point. But it was still more so I, at that I, at that point as well, I really got comfortable with like, hey, I want to sing. I want to try singing, you know. So I'd sing with her. She'd play the piano. I'd sing. And it was terrible, you know. I, I'd always sung in the car. Like I sang all the time in the car to myself, but I'd never thought of it being a real thing. And so that's when I started getting to that in 10th grade. Um, and so we get to 10th grade, at the end of 10th grade, and I'm just ruining my life. I'm not showing up to school anymore, just not paying attention. Like I could give a fuck. I stopped playing sports. I was just like, I don't know who I am. Like I started knowing who I was, but I just, I couldn't figure out what my place in the world was though. I was like, you're like, you know who you want to be, but like all of your attempts are just wrong. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I feel a certain way I'm identifying this, but I don't know how to now find my place in this world. See, I'm a late bloomer. That didn't hit me until after graduation yeah it hit me hard at the end of 10th grade um and to bring back 30 seconds to mars um i remember watching a live video of them i think it was i want to say it was at rock am ring they were in germany and um they were playing and jared leto climbed down off the stage and he got up on the railing and he stood and then went into the crowd and, you know, I'd seen him do that live, but then I saw him do it at this, this, this massive concert. Rock and Ring yeah. is huge. And I was watching that with my mom, and we ended up finishing it. And we went upstairs, and I looked at my mom, and I, I knew I could talk to her about this stuff because she'd always supported me with whatever I wanted to do. Hey, you want to play basketball? We'll get you signed up with basketball. We'll help figure that out. You know, because you're, you're like a young teenager. You don't know how to look up this stuff and figure out right. things. You know, your parents are the ones that kind of help you out with it. I mean, if you were a kid and you were able to look that stuff up and knew how to make all that stuff, kudos to you. Great. I wasn't one of those. I needed help, you know. And I looked at my mom and was like, Ma, I want to be a musician. I want to do that. That was the first time in my life that, I, that it hit me where it was like, that's what I want to do. I didn't know how to go about doing it. I didn't know what, what it was going to evolve, but it, that was the point. Seeing that that live concert was like, that's what I want to do. I think it was eighth grade for me. I was just like, I just, I'd had it with the routine structure of school. I, I've outside of AMP and a select few classes from high school and then like at community college, mm -hmm. like don't care. Don't want to be here. Yeah. Because I'm like, my mind's just so routed that, like, every one and everything has its place. Yeah. And, like, no matter how many times you make me take this algebra test, I don't care about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, and this could get onto a, a it's a differing opinion thing. And can, it's a whole other conversation itself. But, like, I think society would be more fair if everybody was just allowed to be good at their thing instead yeah. of, like, everyone's equal. Yeah. You're like, why can't you just be good like, at what you're good at? If I'm good at history and the smart people thinking classes, not doing work, but just thinking thoughts mm -hmm. and music, those are the three things I want to be good at. Yeah. I'm never going to be a math guy. I'm never going to be a chemistry guy. Like, yeah. for whatever reason, was good at physics. And for me, that was just like, well, if I miscalculate this, the egg probably won't smash <laughs> and I want the egg to break. So it's like once you learn about gravity, yeah. I think you're good with physics. You're like, I know that if I jump off a building, I I'm, will fall. <laughs> I know at this point, physics always wins. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't beat it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think 
leaving off at the Warp Tour because that was my first like musically out of body self identifying thing right between eighth grade and ninth grade. I remember that day. I had like money for like stuff and then food, and I spent my food money on more T-shirts. <laughs> I bought an Alkaline Trio T-shirt. I was super cool and into the Devil Wears Prada at the time. I bought one of their T-shirts, and then right after Alkaline Trio, when I bought their shirt, uh, I was like, well, I don't know who this Every Time I Die band is, but I'm buying one of their shirts because this is fucking insane. Like, it was just I was like, people are gonna hate this. So I'm gonna. Like, <laughs> So I bought the shirt that had the new junk aesthetic album on it with like the guy like seeing through his hands or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then we fast forward to like early on in high school, like like f- I'm talking like first two months of freshman year, like one of the older kids who was like, you could definitely tell that I'm like, why are you a senior or a junior, but you're still in the freshman math class? Like one of those types mm-hmm. um just like I was walking up and I had my every time I die shirt on like over a thermal like waffle shirt because mm-hmm. that was my style before I discovered flannel was a thing. <laughs> um, he's like, uh, you should probably give me your homework. And I was like, you could do your homework. <laughs> like also, dude, wrong subject to rob me of homework for. Like, <laughs> You're going to fail pretty like hard. If, if this were history class, it'd be like, well, I, I, I get it. I'm good at that. But the algebra, no. And there was like maybe almost an altercation, but then there was a senior in the same fucking every time I die shirt walking <laughs> down the stairs. And he's like, kid's cool. You should probably leave him alone. Never talk to that guy again in high school. But like when we but would- But you crawl, had like, that moment when of we would, respect. When we would pass each other in the hall, there was just that, that and like, I was like, oh, wow. Like I'm not even like at my full height yet. I'm probably like 5'7", five, 5'8". <laughs> five, like don't know who that guy is. Don't know his name. I just know that if I didn't wear that shirt that day, probably would have got my ass kicked over giving someone the wrong answers for homework. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this is, this yeah, is I, sick. I, it was, it was really weird. I, it was this weird contradictory thing with me in high school that I was like, I was, you know, like I was really good at school. Like I, even with not going, I still got straight A's. I did not, I, I just, would go. I just didn't. I think that was one of my, one of my problems was like, I just felt like, why am I here? Like I'm doing all this work and I'm getting these grades, but like, I don't even need to be here. I could go home and I just read the textbook without a teacher telling me and I'd, I'd get it. Yeah, so that was yeah. my things. And so I remember... I've always though, just been mentally self-destructive, mm-hmm. like yeah. without even like just in the batter's box. Like for the longest time, I'm just watching just strike after strike yeah. go by. And I'm like, there's a fastball down the middle. Like, why didn't I ask that girl <laughs> out? Or why didn't I try to do this? Or why wasn't I more like yeah. outgoing? Because I'm like... But I remember with giving people answers, I, I'd have kids that would know like oh he's he's really smart or whatever like that like i'm gonna during tests to be like hey dude what's the answer and then like i would like at one point i didn't care but then i finally got to the point i was like yo fuck you guys and so i'd tell them answers that i knew were completely wrong and so we'd get our tests back and i'd have you know a plus 100 out of 100 and they'd be looking at there's like c minus they're like what like but I, i'm like yeah i don't know did you write it down what i said like <laughs> they just have the most completely wrong things like well, when we get into my dive into classic hip hop, you know my story of my my most well renowned piece oh, yeah. of writing. Uh, so ninth grade, probably still more the same. Joined my first band in ninth grade. Nice, I believe. Um, as a kid, moved across the street. I, I living in this house. My two biggest turning points in pursuing music have moved mm-hmm. in across the street from me. So <laughs> it's weird. 
He's like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I'm in a band, but like, I think, like, I hear you play drums across the street. Uh, I, I play bass. Um, I'm in a band, but like, I, th we, we think our drummer's moving. So like, I, I told my band that like, I know a drummer. Hey. I was like, okay, cool. So joined that band. And that was a lot of like, we played just a lot of like Green Day, Blink-182, Nirvana. Yeah. I think the first song I auditioned with them was Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. Nice. Yeah. Played like Sabotage by the Beastie Boys, or not Sabotage, um, Fight for Your Right to Party. Like just typical yeah. like high school garage band mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, like I, I was still such a, like a shy introvert, but I felt like I had such success in life when they were like, yeah, come back. I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. And then that band, you know, as all bands do, like broke up. Yeah. There's a demo of it somewhere in this basement. Oh man, I gotta I, hear that. I, I don't know where it is. Well, you gotta find that. If I that do my find Christmas it. present. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like my first Fourier into like engineering too. Like we just had a four track recorder, like putting in an SM58, just like on the pillow and the bass drum, like <laughs> bouncing everything down to like two tracks and then recording over top of it. There's no way it sounded good, but yeah. like to us in that dude's garage, you're like, this is amazing. We had a weird falling out as you do when you get too attached yeah. to a band, but like he actually does uh, multimedia stuff now and he was doing a video feed actually at the theater that I work at. And I was like, I was like, this guy looks really familiar. And I couldn't peg it. And then it hit me in the middle of the show and I'm like wrapping up a cable. He's like, how's it going, man? It's been a while. And I, I meant to hit, hit him back. Cause I was like, I couldn't have time to like sit and have a conversation. Cause we have to break down the stage mm -hmm. and do that. Just send him a Facebook friend request. Be like, Hey dude, like, <laughs> how's it going? Um, but yeah, so then that's kind of more of the same, just Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Blink-182, a little bit of Green Day. I'm starting to venture off into my my unique kind of niche stuff. Like mm -hmm. the heavier Thrice albums are really important. Like Artist in the Ambulance, Visu, and the Blue Alchemy Index, the Fire and Water one. Mainly the Fire one because it was screaming yeah. and loud. Like that's what I was about. But then, you know, still into all that other kind of streamlined rock stuff that, like, really nobody else was into. There was a very small group of, like, rock-minded musicians in Gettysburg. It's very just, it's very cut and dry kind of yeah. clicks. Because I wasn't, like, a cool thug. And all, this, <laughs> all, the, all the kids who would, like, skateboard were just unpleasant, even to someone who just wanted to skateboard. Like, yeah, yeah. So I was, I, I never really had a defined like group of people outside of a select rotational few, mm -hmm. but like, yeah, no, nothing like really like mind, not mind, yeah, mind blowing in that time, just kind yeah, of status quo, just getting more and more into stuff. But there was definitely a lull between like that summer between eighth and ninth grade. And then the summer between 11th and 12th grade, like at that point, oh, well, that's a lie. Cause I got really into the skate punk stuff heavily. And that like that defined who I was. So, all right, that was mind blowing. It's just <laughs> such a over, maybe overlooked part of who I am. Cause I listened to all this stuff last night, but yeah. it was, I wrote them all down. Cause my, uh, 
getting into now after past sophomore year. So that was when I started. I started playing guitar. And I started singing. So I started taking singing lessons with a classical teacher at the community college. Um, and I remember it was like right towards the end of my sophomore year. My mom had seen an ad in the paper for this this rock school, this after school program mm -hmm. where you would take lessons and then they would put you into bands. That would have been awesome to it have. It was here. amazing. One of the most one of the most important things in my life. Um, and so I started doing that. And at that time, I just mainly wanted to be a singer. I was playing guitar a little bit, but I was just like, I just want to learn a few chords just so like I could like, you know, sing along with myself and do acoustic stuff. And so, you know, I'd been in some bands there that I'd been put into. Um, and then I finally, like I had talked to some guys like, yo, I want to start like a, a legit band where we're going to go out and play to like other places. And so I joined this band and uh, I started writing lyrics. You know, the, the bass player wrote all the, pretty much all the music and then I would write some of the lyrics. Um, so that went on for a little bit, and then that band broke up. And it was around that time then that I remember being home, and I was on YouTube, and I don't remember what I was listening to. I remember in my recommendations came on a live performance from Coheed and Cambria at the Starland Ballroom, and it was their song, In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3. I put this on. My life was forever changed. Watching this long-haired, crazy-looking dude with this wild-ass Gibson Explorer playing this complex rhythm, this stuff, these rhythms I had never heard while singing. You know, I had seen guys, you know, strum the guitar and sing, you know, but like this dude was playing like, like this, this wild stuff that I'd never heard anyone do. You know, I hadn't gotten yeah. into Rush at that point. So I'd, that was, that's probably the only other band that I really ever could equate to. Like my dad played Rush, but I didn't really know. But watching this guy, that moment, it clicked for me. I want to play guitar because yeah. I'd, I'd always liked guitar, but like, you know, even watching Eddie Van Halen and some of these guitar guys, it never clicked for me. I never, it never was one of those things that it was like, guitar is the most coolest thing ever. You're more you know? of a rhythmic player than a melodic player. Yeah, I don't yeah. mean that in a negative way. No, no, like, exactly. I'm much more shreddy. of like, you're like, I'm more like, I'm really into those complex rhythms and it's reflected in, in the songs that I write. Yeah. You know, it's like, we don't have a lot of guitar soloing. It's more like, the riffs are melodic and like, you know, that really techie stuff. And so Coheed, and then just, I, the, the lyrics and the music, it was like, at that point in time, that was then, I know exactly what he's talking about. All that, his story, all of it. It was, it was this point of his story, you know, it's this, it's this concept, but it's also the story about him. You know, it's like reflected in this fantasy story, but it's also truly about what he's going through life in this growing up and figuring out the man that you want to be, who you are, yeah. why is the world the way it is, how do I find my place, all that. It just was like that band defined everything about who I was. And that was the point where it was like, I don't just want to be a singer. I don't want to just write lyrics. I want to write the songs. Because yeah. that's what Claudio does in Coheed. He was like, he writes the, the songs, the lyrics. And so at that point, it was like, I'm going to start. I'm not going to look for a band. I'm going to start my own band. Right. And that was that was the moment. Coheed to this day is still my favorite fucking band ever. Yeah, I guess it was kind of a lie. It was like, it wasn't, it was such a defining aspect because uh, it was probably... Like, 10th and 11th grade was right when I stopped liking the, like, tooth and nail and, like, epitaph singy, screamy bands that mm -hmm. I, like, I liked. But to this day, I'm like, eh, it's just uh, it was who I was. But, like, that's when punk rock, like, clicked. Yeah. And that's when I went down the wormhole of all the... Because I'd still like, you know... The classic stuff like i got a ramones greatest hit cd that we forgot to talk about when i was in like elementary school oh yeah and 20, I, like, 20, I 24 yeah. hours to go Great so song. it was just it was the ramones 
their first record and then there was another cd it was like a combo thing where it was like that and then it was like all the other so that's just like always been there but like that's when i broke away from that and i started going down the like the 90s um like fat records and epitaph like wormhole of and that was pretty defining because like no one else was into that like even my bandmates who liked you know green day and blink 182 and the offspring they're like i don't want to i don't like that i'm like no like this was this is what it is like yeah bad religion was hit like i got a bunch of offensive bad religion t-shirts when i was in high school <laughs> and i would like wear them under my hoodie i was like um I made you listen to a record called How to Clean Everything by Propagandi. Yeah. And like, I was actually talking to a buddy uh, yesterday about Propagandi. He's like, dude, you know Propagandi? He was like, yeah, my friend Adam showed me that record. Like, that record was, I was like, oh man, like these guys get it. Got into like ska punk. So like Goldfinger and Real Big Fish was mm-hmm. just like, these, like this is goofy. Real Big Fish puts on amazing uh, shows. Fantastic. They're not even one of my favorite bands. I don't even ever really listen to them, but I've seen them three times. And it every time I see them, I'm like, I God, listen this to, is amazing. I don't listen to really any of their studio recordings, but our live album is better than your live album is the most accurately <laughs> titled live album Dude, for they the are, most part. They are phenomenal. Uh, I, I just like Rancid was one of my favorites um there's a record called uh penny bridge pioneers by mill and colin mm-hmm. like, that record was great no use for a name the vandals which their drummer is josh freeze and he will play a big part in my story later on down the line uh no effects down by law i got to run sound for dave smalley at Whoa. one point when i worked that's uh, cool in harrisburg yeah i got uh, a text message from my boss he's like can you run sound like available for this show this day it was like dude that's only one of like my my high school idols and i like <laughs> i was so nervous oh i bet because like at that point i like amp i got to do a drum session with chad zaliga yeah but i was never like ben. a huge breaking benjamin fan but like as a drum nerd i'm like this You're guy's like, this like, is still really like, cool so he was somewhat easier to approach but i was also like you can come but just stay out of the way for that day mm-hmm. or, yeah, whatever but like this was the f- this was my first celebrity encounter yeah not even celebrity but it was like I was like, uh, Mr. Smalley, um, I just want to let you know that like, and I didn't talk to him until after the show. Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, this was great. Like, thank you. And I was like, yeah. Um, uh, can I get a photo? Like, uh, I, I would listen to, uh, last of the sharpshooters, like going to high school, like every, every morning, like in my headphones and like my, my stepdad got, got me into your music. And he's like, well, you seem cool for like, he's like, it's crazy that like someone who's like in their late twenties would be into the stuff that I did before they were born. I was like, no, I'm 21, sir. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, well, I'll, I'll buy you a beer. So then he, I, was, I didn't have the heart to tell him like, well, I, I get them for free at the venue. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I got to sit down and talk about punk rock with one of my, uh, my high school idols That's for like so 15 cool. minutes. And I was like, there's a photo on my Instagram of me like throwing up. I was like so nervous. Mm-hmm. Was insane. That's awesome. But then, the Descendants were huge for me. Bouncing Souls, the Ataris. Mm-hmm. There's a band called Screeching Weasel that was just like all of the punk rock bands were just. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter. Like if it was fast and high gain guitar, like I'm in. Um, <laughs> there's a, a band called Gutter Mouth. Oh, yeah. I've heard of them. I think I might have made you listen. To, like, yeah. They just write goofy, offensive lyrics and it's phenomenal. Hell, yeah. Don't ever have them come on a playlist in an early on dating phase of someone who's just not into the kind of music that you're into but oh uh, yeah all that like i think in middle school is like i i got into a band called anti-flag oh yeah yeah like 
it just any if it involves were you ever into black flag only for the image mm-hmm. uh and no one in my high school even like knew what they were <laughs> but i just I was like if i know them people will know i'm like legit punk but I, yeah no I, I do actually i do really like black flag they have i couldn't see i could never get into them mm-hmm. it's like there's an element missing. I, I respect all they did for the punk rock community. They and were I'm, really dark. They yeah. were they were a lot darker than some of these other bands that you were mentioning. Like Minor Threat was big. Yeah, I like the I like the skate punk stuff. Yeah, it was like Black Flag was a little bit more like, and I I don't want to use this term, but it's my best way to. They were a little more like gothic. If you, not, they weren't goth. Like not like no, the I know exactly what you mean. They were more that dark emotional like fuck the world like everything's so dark kind of. It's thing. weird that like. Henry, I really like Henry Rollins, and I love him, like all of the talks he does. Oh, like, he's amazing, he's phenomenal. It's just like I, I love punk, but at the same time, the rawness of it I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I get that's why people like it, but I, it's why audio is a perfect fit for me career-wise because it's just like I like it musically, but it just doesn't sound good. Yeah. So like all the '90s stuff was a little bit higher budget, mm-hmm. like even compared to like records that i'm into now like i couldn't get into that even the 90s stuff now because mm-hmm. i'm just like well it's just not engineered great but it's yeah it was so defining for yeah, me you're able to still listen to it and no one cared oh yeah no and me being like the weird introvert guy at that point in my life like it just made sense so like my best friends were all those punk rock cds and downloads <laughs> and whatnot like it was just it was basically like foo fighters the hardcore era of thrice and punk rock was yeah. uh, 9th, 10th, 11th grade. And then a little bit of like new metal mixed yeah. that. Not even new metal, just corn and seven dust. Yeah, and that I'd was say, about it. So for me, like, like Coheed was the defining moment in my life. And like at that point, then I started kind of, I don't really have any other band, honestly, really after Coheed that made such a huge impact. I mean, because that, that was really what like, I mean, even like, so watching that 30 Seconds to Mars concert, that was what made me go, I'm going to be a musician, I'm going to play. But then Coheed was the band that was like, this is the, this is the type of musician I'm going to be. And at that point, then my, my path was kind of set. And then after that, like, you know, like these bands are, are all very important to people. So like I got into like Protest the Hero, Circus Survive, the Mars Volta, just all that kind of stuff where that it's like, prog. yeah, where it was like, they, it's not completely prog, but it's, but yeah, it's that more progressive. They kind of, they all kind of fit in like a genre, but they're all, there's really no other bands that sound just like them. Whereas when you go back to that kind of early 2000s thing that we started with, with like Trapped and Three Is Grace, Nick Bike, all those bands kind of sound similar. You could really easily lump them together, but like yeah. Circa, you can't really name another band that sounds just like that. Yeah, Mars I, Volta, nobody else. Protest, I, like. I would always steer away from Circa for the longest time because everyone's like, well, every, not that I knew, but just on the internet, they're like, well, they're kind of like thrice. And I was like, no. They sound nothing they're alike. Not, but they're, they're not at all. They're genreless, really. Both of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could I, you put them on a bill together, and you'd be like, yeah. It's but, a great. They're just good, solid, yeah. progressive indie bands. But they're not. And but I like bands like I like bands that no no one else does what they do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's great songs from artists that all sound alike, and I think we hit on that. Like we didn't necessarily like that artist's entire discography back in the day, but the six or eight songs that we liked mm-hmm. was good enough. Yeah, exactly. Like now all those bands, like I, those, those, all those bands that I'm talking about, those were all like loved all their albums, like right. all the way through. Um, I'm trying to think of more. Those were really like some of the big ones. And there was some more miscellaneous. I mean, throughout all of this, there were definitely other 
albums and bands that I listened that to. They just but didn't quite fit. They, like, yeah, I remember, they just, they're not, they're not, they didn't do enough for me to really feel like they're mentionable, that they yeah. really impacted my... Rage Against the Machine came back in high school because I had like a bunch of t-shirts. Again, like if it yeah. just involved tearing down the system that was oppressing the introverted kid, <laughs> I had nothing oppressing me other than just my own head. But like at the same time, I'm also like, there was like a weird Pink Floyd phase in high school. Yeah, so I, like, I have never really gotten into like the the older stuff. Like I'd say really the only two are Frank Zappa and David Bowie that are really like, that I listen to and go, I connect with this. Everything else right. I'm like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like I like Zeppelin songs. I like the Who songs. I like Rolling Stone songs, but they're not bands that I'd be like, oh man, I, I love those bands. They're just like, yeah, no, I respect them. They're good. The same with the Beatles. Like I like some of their songs, but I'll listen to, I give them a spin, but I, I think it's like I said in, in part one is just, they've always been there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I can rediscover them and appreciate them from an educated standpoint. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was the cool, I hate the Beatles for no reason other than just <laughs> to be the cool, I hate the Beatles guy. And now I look back, I'm like, everything that they did was the foundation for oh, what yeah. became modern recording. And, and now I, I really appreciate what they did. Yeah, like I respect and appreciate them, but I would not say they're a band that I'm like, oh yeah, I love the Beatles. Like, no, I like I'm not going to own the box set. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, have a, um, I have an original pressing of Abbey Road on vinyl that oh, I inherited nice. from my grandparents. And it has now has no value because there's a love note written from one of them to the other, <laughs> which is fucking awesome for me to have. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't sell that anyway. Oh yeah. Like, no, that's, that's a really cool thing to have. Uh, and then I, I'd say getting now into like my senior year to, to the beginnings of you're out of high school. Yeah. That was when I started really getting into more of the technical stuff. So like that was when like I got into, I started hearing periphery. I think periphery, I think P2 would come out around that time. Animals as leaders hit the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all those bands. So that, that when that when the gent stuff started coming out, I really got into that because that was like, whoa, this is technical. It's heavy. Yeah. Um, it's catchy. Like it was, that that stuff was like that was big. I wasn't quite there yet. Um, I saw Thrice for the first time in eleventh grade. No, tenth grade. Um. Because Major Minor had gotten released, and then they announced that they were taking a hiatus. So I was like, "We mm-hmm. could." I looked at Joe. I was like, "We have to go to yeah, this go because we could. I could. I could never see them. Yeah. If like, so uh, animals as leaders open first for thrice. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I was like, gent before it blew up. Like mm-hmm. it was the first tour they did with Matt Gartska. Gartska. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Andy, that I butchered the name of your <laughs> yeah, favorite drummer. Andy's, Andy's listening. It's like, you guys better get this right. You're talking about right. AAL. He's just like, he's got a pocket knife. <laughs> it's a drumstick whittled down into yeah, a knife. Yeah, a switchblade with a... Yeah, there's a blade yeah, in shout his... out, Shout out to Andy Ham, probably the greatest drummer. No offense. Sorry. Uh, I love you, Adam, and you're amazing, but I've got a special place in my heart. Well, Andy's also my band, but... Andy's... I mean, you're... Oh, well, yeah. I'm... I meant my band. Nick's... It's Nick's band that we're in, but uh, we're in his band. But uh, Andy, Andy no, Ham is he can is Matt Garsta, Matt Matt Halper, and he plays just like those guys. He and would I love him. Mop the floor with me, but let's see him groove in a blues band, huh? Yeah, yeah no, Andy's exactly. Not, he, it's a different. He's, he's a different style. He's a different no, he's, genre. He's definitely way more technical than I, am, and it's not even like. Andy's it's phenomenal. a different style. You guys have different styles. You can't compare them. We can't. You know? yeah. No, I, Andy's great. 
Yeah, if I were going to start a blues rock band, I would call you up. You know, right. if I was going to do another technical death metal project, I'd call Andy, Andy. up. I actually would probably call Andy for both. <laughs> Here, dude. But you got the beard though for the blues rock. Andy doesn't have a beard. Yeah, he he's got a little bit of the goatee, but a little bit. Well, he's got the mustache. He's the most subtle, funny human being I've ever encountered in my life. Oh yeah, dude. He's so quiet, and then he'll just say something, and it's just like, <laughs> what? The the problem is, I find myself to be funny. Mm-hmm. And not everybody does, but I'm cracking <laughs> myself up. So oh, I'm yeah. like, everybody else is going to enjoy this too. Where Andy will just, because he's so soft spoken, he'll just, he'll lay a burner on you. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll just, be, you feel like, what just happened? That was crazy. And he does it in stuff in that soft spoken. He's like, soda soda. And you're like, what? And everyone goes crazy. Because well, I just, always do the like, hey, I'm going to make a joke here. Yeah. There's a setup be on the look for it. and Andy just straight faced it's just out of nowhere but yeah it was uh animals as leaders and then a band that would wouldn't hit me until later oh brother opened too wow and I was yeah that was one hell of a bill that's yeah that's an insane bill but that was that's when I started getting more and more into the non heavier thrice stuff like yeah. I respected it but it just wasn't uh I, I didn't understand at the time uh every time I die still huge for me at that point Alkaline Trio is getting bigger and bigger in my my musical repertoire because I'm slowly starting to understand thought mm-hmm. at that point in, in life. Um, and then I think why Every Time I Die was so attractive to me at that point in time is that the first wave of their career, their lyrics aren't as uh, philosophical and, and personal. It mm-hmm. was very... It wasn't a, it wasn't a joke but it was very smart-assed lyrics, and I appreciated the wordplay. Yeah. It's still prevalent in their, their newer stuff, but it just wasn't as, as personal, and it was before it you was really... Witty, though, right? yeah, it, was it was witty, though. Yeah, it was witty in this playful way. Sardonic and mm-hmm. just like, I'm better than you, yeah. but I'm going to make... It's my sense of humor where it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, exactly. I'm judging you that you're not on my level, but I'm going to make it seem like I'm on a level beneath you, so you think I'm on a lower level, but actually I'm on the top of the mountain. <laughs> Which, I tried to draw lines connecting those on a piece of paper, and it just turned into a bunch of squiggles. There was a lot of pointing, <laughs> and I even confused myself. So I, My eyes went cross-eyed. Yeah, I remember also being in, like, 10th and 11th grade and, like, starting to get into, like, hip-hop stuff. I think my first venture into, like, true hip-hop was, like, Run DMC. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. This is accessible. <laughs> this is good. accessible. Like, it's like, I don't... I can't really identify with the thug life yet but like i like i like the drum machine so it's pretty yeah. cool like, all right all right you're like this is groovy this is catchy like i yeah. like the vocals you know we you know coming from our upbringing we can't really connect to any of that kind of stuff we didn't live that but we can still appreciate and be like man i really like this i like this story like yeah that's what that's what i appreciate about hip-hop is although like i obviously you know i can't relate to it and say that my life was anything like that. No. But what I loved about it was the storytelling and them telling the story so that I could feel like I did live that. I could see yeah. this happening and be like, okay, I'm seeing what's going on. They're telling me this story and I can visualize that and I can go, whoa, man, that's that's crazy. Like, that's really heavy and deep, like what these guys were going through. And I thought that's what was genius about the the late 80s, 90s hip hop was like these guys telling their stories that obviously a lot of people in communities around the country and the world could could connect to and say that's happening to me but it also they did it in such a way that people that 
didn't have it going on could at least see the story and hear it and go. Yeah, it's a Whoa. true. It's a true art form and yeah. not just a, a party or a means to the party lifestyle and riches. Yeah, which is what it is now. But back then, it was this storytelling. It was this art form about let me tell you my 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 community's history, my history, what I've gone through, where I'm at. Well, they said there's maybe not they, but I read a correlation between like the the early stages of like the British invasion and like the fallout from world war two, mm-hmm. like there were just oppressive times going on in yeah. London. Cause they like, they were rebuilding the country cause they got bombed. Yeah. Um, and that's why the art in that period was very significant outside of, I guess the modern pop culture in the fifties the and early sixties. Like that's why the, the British movement was so popular. Uh, and that's, a theory I will give credit to. Yeah, it makes sense. Because I guess in America at that time, it was all just like kind of country and like doo-woppy yeah. stuff. And I mean, there was like Motown and blues that was going on, but that wasn't commer- like that wasn't in the average household. Yeah, it wasn't uh, super commercial. It was in the more oppressed communities yeah. that eventually turned into like the hip-hop yeah, style thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I remember getting into Jay-Z and like liking that. I, I never got into Eminem. I I never really did either until later on. Like now, you know, I'm a huge fan. Am I, like I like him, but like I I mean, like I know his hits, but I never really got that into Eminem. Maybe it was just the weird kid who's like all the kids I didn't really want to be associated with always had like Eminem T-shirts mm-hmm. on. And I was like, oh god, you're terrible. Yeah, so maybe he must be terrible. <laughs> but now that I I've you know I'm educated in audio and to some aspects like music because they go hand in hand if you I guess try hard enough to learn about both. Like, no, Eminem's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, I like, run DMC, a little bit of, you know, the cl- more classic stuff. Um, <laughs> the Wu-Tang Clan, uh, eventually. Okay. I was like, oh, that record seems cool, and, like, the cool hip internet people that I follow on Instagram or whatever at that time when you're impressionable, like, they say that this is a classic, so I'll... Let me check it out. I'll check it out. I eventually wrote a paper in one of my English classes <laughs> uh, where I had... I had a high A or a low A, and if I, even if I took a zero on the final, I was still going to get a B plus or an A minus or, or whatever. And I was like, well, I'm going to have some fun with this. <laughs> and I, so I wrote a paper called Of Mice and Wu-Tang because the, the font, like the, or not the font, the prompts of the essay were like one of the classic lit novels that we read this semester, like write about how... All of them are connect like a common theme between the three or five books that we read. Write about blah blah blah, or write how you. The the third option was write about how you see how one of these pieces of of literature have influenced a more modern piece of art. Mm-hmm. So I wrote how John Steinbeck's <laughs> Of Mice and Men influenced the Wu Tang Clan <laughs> to write. 36 chambers oh my god <laughs> and i even added in like specific lyrics and i was like well you can see as curly did this you can see when the rizza says this in verse three of protect your neck <laughs> it clearly it's a parallel there's a correlation there of mice and wu-tang you like, still haven't say, found that on your computer and sent it to me oh shit i'm sorry uh it's on there i was like yeah like it, well, they wrote protect your neck from the perspective of the rabbits because <laughs> lenny, lenny would always like the rabbits yeah. next. it's like oh I got a B plus on, well, I, it was the perfect opportunity because the teacher was one of those teachers that like, she was a former like flower child burnout hippie turned like staunch. I hate the government, like 
Alex Jones types, mm-hmm. which is just a weird transition. Yeah, that's a one extreme to the other. Yeah, but she was definitely like the teacher that like you can get away from, you can get away with some stuff. Yeah. I told I told my English teacher the next year that I did this, and he got very concerned. <laughs> He's like, you got away with that? He's like, I want to be mad. I can't do anything about it now, but like... I mean, because I think as long as you did it well, and I imagine knowing no, the, knowing you the, as a writer... The fourth page was just different Wu-Tang Clan logos. Because <laughs> I was like, it's to the point where it's like, she knew that I was smart enough as a student that I was probably getting B pluses for stuff that deserved like a D or a C minus. Like I... Yeah. Just depending on how much she liked you as a person. I don't know. I think that's really creative. When you told me that, I thought, man, that is really funny. Like, it's not true at all. It's, I mean... But, like, that's really creative idea. Well, the problem with me is that, like, I only make effort if I can make a jackass out of myself. Like, that's my, that's yeah. my time to thrive. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's awesome. And I think, I think it's, I think it's wonderful that she supported that and let, and allowed you to, to explore that. I don't think she that. did. I think, no? like, okay. I think she was just that disconnected. With, she was just like, ah, I'm done with this year. You're, like, yeah. I know, you're good enough. Let's just, whatever. <laughs> that fucking masterpiece. Yeah, but so now, now for me, getting, like I said, end of high school into life, or I guess this is more like, so I didn't go to college, so I'm kind of tying this all together. Um, I attempted at the community level. Yeah, so, you know, periphery, animals, leaders, then I started getting, then I got into Haken, who is like crazy progressive, they're like a modern day, like metal version of Yes, and that was like, oh my god, this is when I'm getting, like, just, I'm solely into prog music, so then like I'm 19 into... 19 and 20-ish? Hmm? Like at 19? Yeah, 1920-ish. Um, so like Haken, uh, thank you scientist, tons of like offshoots, like native construct and some other stuff. I don't know if actually that was out yet, but I kind of, when I get into my twenties, then it's kind of hard for me. That's when like everything starts to kind of blur together a little bit because now I'm, now I'm full time doing my band, Marzy Maddox, putting out records. Um, and so I guess, can I segue into amp now? I'm still far, a little far behind. Okay. You. I'll let you catch up. Then. Cause like. But yeah, so at that point for me, progressive music, and that's where I've been at, you know, getting into like Intronaut, like Night Versus, all kinds of just out there stuff. Yeah, because my, my main shift happened between 11th grade and 12th grade because that was like when my grandfather got hospitalized and then later passed. Mm-hmm. So like that's when music really became like therapeutic and like n- completely next level for me. Yeah. Like Paz, like it's something that I enjoy and identify with and I, I would like to do, but that's when it became like my lifeblood saving grace at that point like so like the whole summer because he was into you know the music he was into so trying to escape the reality i tried to get into music that he just wouldn't like so that's like when i started really getting into like the classic hip-hop stuff Mm -hmm. and more extreme types of metal to some degree like but that's also when uh there's a band called hot water music that I really like and a couple of their records mainly caution and exister kind of came into my playlist and I, I really started absorbing that that's when later era thrice started making sense because it was darker and mm-hmm. a little bit more uh intimate emotionally and yeah. those lyrics like that's when Dustin Kenzer really started exploring the like the both the good and the bad that's within each human like, and I didn't connect those dots until years later, but like, that's when it started forming and it was just darker and raw. And, and like, that's how I was feeling. Cause I just felt like, you know, one of my biggest 
influences in life at that point was just ripped away from me. Yeah. So like the the darker, softer stuff started becoming more apparent in my my life. Uh, so yeah, towards the end of high school, I reverted back to like later thrice, alkaline trio. Got into Mastodon at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, um, that was around the same time for me. Mastodon, Opeth, was that like late, like ending the teens, early twenties. Yeah, 20s. so after after I graduated, like diving down the Mastodon wormhole, uh, got into like Protest the Hero a little bit, and then so now we're pretty much caught up uh, in terms of like almost timeline. But then, uh, you know, it's like I'm go to community college and figure my life out because apparently I'm, I'm smart enough to pursue secondary education <laughs> but at that point in my life I'm like I just want to like I want to walk that way yeah no no plan it's like just want to yeah whatever just go figure it out just do whatever so it's probably more the same until I started getting tattooed and my <laughs> buddy Davey has been a, a phenomenal influence in the the course of life that I took because he's the he's the first person I met in the like the real world like outside of high school when it's like oh like we have a similar like we think similar thoughts like he's obviously older than me by you know eight or nine years but like oh I finally have someone who's like into what I'm into for the same reasons I'm into what I'm into but then he started getting me into like Meshuggah and Sixth oh yeah and like Stuff like that. Like we bonded over protest the hero when we were, when I got my first. Because you know you don't know what to talk to when you're getting tattooed. Yeah, so you're like, like, oh, like alkaline trio. Guy. So I'm getting this alkaline trio tattoo, and I like all these punk bands. But like, what are you into? I'm into this band. Oh fuck! Like I like protest the hero too. And it just it's like Zaya, that an album is almost incredible. immediate friendship. Yeah, I'm so thankful that the Ravens won a Thursday night football game against the Steelers, and I was feeling saucy, and I'm like. I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> and then it blossomed to friendship. Yeah. Also at that point, I'm like really into like starting to get into like the sad boy indie punk stuff like uh, Gaslight Anthem, Against Me, the Menzingers, the Lawrence oh, yeah. Arms. Because there's a, a young gal I fancied, but like every other fucking time in my life, <laughs> was like out of my league, bro. Yeah. One of them Ivy Leaguers. And I had like- Ivy Leaguers. And I'm a, a metal indie rockhead. Yeah, who has no life plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was weird because I went through the like, well, she's gone now. So I listened to my sad boy punk album to like get over that. And then we later dated and then she broke up with me. And that album, like, it was the same getting over the same person twice. So I now can't listen to that. The relationship, <laughs> completely over. Like, But now that's what that album means. But I can't listen to it because it's just takes me back to that point yeah no i understand it's like i can't listen to my hometown by bruce springsteen without thinking of my grandfather and just yeah. crying it's like his song's so dark because so <laughs> I, I feel like every human being has that one piece of art that they identify with where like oh god it's it gave me a sense of being in a dark time but mm -hmm. when i listen to it it just takes me back to it oh yeah regardless of where i'm at in life like i i imagine when i'm 35 and I hope to be somewhat successful in this field I could put on Metro Pulp by the Lawrence Arm and be like oh she's gone forever <laughs> and be like what it's been 20 years dude like, <laughs> get over it bro like I in the day to day I don't think about it at all but like one of those songs comes up even on shuffle I'm like oh god <laughs> skip 
Yeah, so I think for me now, getting into like the the 20s and early 20s, there haven't really been any bands that I'd say that made like a massive impact. There have been bands that I love and I obsess over, but none that have made like a life-changing impact on me. And so I'd say at that point, that's when like... I have two more. All right, give me Until we get out of artists and into like specific albums. Is uh, I didn't get into Tool until right around when I started getting tattooed. Not from Davey immediately, but just that's when I discovered Tool. And that's when it... The darkness and the angst and the not quite metalness of it, it all made sense. Mm-hmm. And like after that, it was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is right. Like, because they're one of my favorite bands to this day. Like, they're as important to me as Thrice is. Hell yeah. And then I didn't get into Gojira until I went to audio school or like right before. Love Gojira. And I got into them casually, but then just because Magma became a reference album when I was an audio school like back cataloging through i'm happy i they're one of the few bands that i'm happy i got into when i got into them and i could back catalog it because they would always mm-hmm. come up and like i would listen to like the mashuga channel on spotify or the mastodon channel on spotify and gojira would always pop up but yeah. i never i never loved it because i was like well they're not like mastodon and they're not like mashuga but everyone compares them and like it was like circa for me too like Oh, I get it now. Like once I learned more about music, that's when it clicked. Yeah, then you had that reference point of like, oh, okay, this makes sense yeah. now. But yeah, once I discovered Tool, it was like <laughs> game changer. No holds barred. Like, mm, Gojira is important to me, but not as important to me. Like yeah. nothing's, nothing has, and I imagine nothing will come close to what Tool has done for me as a person. And I think, I think. I kind of want to like get into this next point with the, with, with what I'm going to say. I think kind of once you develop kind of who you are and where you're headed, I feel like you kind of stop having those bands that are like game changing because now you're a part of, now we're both a part of, we're making music, we're yeah. making records. And so it's kind of like, that's our way of game changing now. We're the ones that are trying to make these records and, and do this stuff. There's no longer that influence. I mean, there's still influence, but there's no longer going to be that that band that just goes, oh my God, like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll have that in a couple of years, but I haven't had that in a long time because now I'm doing it. Now I'm creating, yeah, now it's, I'm making it's more of music. A, not that the influence is gone, but the I'm at a point in life now, I forget who I was talking to about this the other day. Because um, like in high school, as I said, I was always the like, wear my heart on my sleeve. Like I have to be wearing the, the cool band t-shirt for whatever I'm listening to, or I have to be doing, like people just have to know this is what I'm into. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're at that point in life where we realize it's what we've done thus far in our life that identifies us and not exactly what, like our hobbies and interests don't define who we are, but like what's happened to us and how we handle it Mm -hmm. has been. And I think I've been fortunate enough to handle enough things wrong in life at this point that I'm like the, oh, like I screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, I mean, but you got to make recover. mistakes to yeah. learn for them. And fortunately, you've been able to... And I'm a learn to... through failure guy. Like, yeah, through no, and, through. and that's... I think kind of most successful people are. You got to fail to know what works and what doesn't work. Everyone you know? I look up to, just on a personal level, is just that weird kind of quirky, do their own thing, but do it very, very well and tenacious, like with tenacious effort. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I was scared to be that person for the longest time. But uh, I'm just now getting to a point where I'm comfortable with who I am. And I'm like, I think 
morally, I'm a pretty like virtuous person. And I know that I probably go and approach things in a less than normal way, but like my intentions are good. Yeah. So that's like heartfelt, but like the music I listen to has helped me really understand that. Like if I wasn't super into thrice because of Madden, like I wouldn't understand the like delicate balance between like the good nature of human beings and the bad nature of human beings and that they're inside everybody and you just constantly have to balance yeah. that like it's insane and then like i remember every time i die released from parts unknown right after i graduated high school and that was the first record where keith stopped writing witty like sarcastic lyrics and he kind of opened up a little bit and it's just a raw, angry record. And at that point, like, you know, I'd lost someone who was close to me. I'm at this weird turning point in life where, like, I don't, I, I know what I want to do, but I, there's no feasible way for me to go about it. Cause, like, I was looking at like, people, like, you like music, go to college for music. And, like, every music program, you had to be, like, classically proficient at, like, two instruments. And, like, yeah. I'm not. Like, I, I took, like, six or eight drum lessons once. But other than that, like, I'm self-taught. I never did marching band or jazz band or anything. Like, I just played along to the music I wanted to play along to. So, like, thankfully, one of the owners for the school that we went to, like, moved across the street next door. Like, Yeah, and I was going to I was gonna then bring that up about, I think, for both of us with AMP. I think up until that point, you know, music was definitely this just this raw emotional thing of, like, whoa, this makes me feel a certain way, and this, like, just this is cool sound. Yeah. But I didn't have the understanding of what went into that and, like, why there were... Because I can remember numerous times where I'd pick up a record or something like that, and I'd listen to it, and I'm like, I feel like I should like this. But it just doesn't sound right, you yeah. know? Or it just doesn't feel, you don't know, it's just it just not, doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, it's like I can pinpoint, like, analytically, like, I mean, the vocals sound similar to the stuff that I like, This, but, like, it's just not doing something. And so then going to amp and kind of finally then getting into, like, before that, you know, I had, like, a little setup, and I would try to record myself and do recording guitar demos, but I know what I was doing. And then going terrible. to amp, yeah, like, all it opened up. It opened that idea of like what goes into making this and why certain things sound the way they do. And so now I, I, my music listening experience has completely changed. And so yeah. now it's like I still listen for that emotional impact, but I'm also just as much looking for like, whoa, what, what do those guitar tones sound like? How are the drums blended in there? What's the balance of this mix? What kind of like reverbs are they using there to create that effect? Like, whoa, yeah. what is that filter they're using? Like how much compress? Like all the little details that go into it. Now I listen for all that stuff and it, it heightens my music experience. Now it's no longer just about, okay, how is this band's songwriting? But like, how is this engineer's production affecting yeah. the way that this comes across to me? How is he, how, what is he hearing in this band that he's recording that is trigger that is making him go, oh, I'm going to make this move and do this to bring out this point or bring out this vocal line or this drum fill needs to be ac accentuated in a certain way right. that, that, that um, helps the song convey what it's trying to convey. Yeah, blending the technical aspects with the artistic aspects. Because at the end of the day, that's the most important part of what you're doing. And I think we're, I think you and I are both very good at taking past, like connecting with the song emotionally. Like mm -hmm. this song makes me feel like that. Well, at this point in my life, what was I feeling? Like, was there anything in my playlist that really emphasized that emotion in me so I can listen to the other song and analyze it and go, wow, like mm -hmm. that makes sense. I think that made sense. Yeah, or like try sense. to mimic that in yeah. the best way possible that, that serves the song. Because I feel like, you know, I, I feel like we're 
kind of two model former students of like career ambitions and approaches to landing hopefully like a full-time gig in audio where we're like we can look back and be like oh yeah we're doing it we've yeah. made it like like this is my this is my main source of income like, yeah but it was just interesting to get all the back story from you and me to do this because now like we share music all the time but for the most part it's like dude check out the snare bottom sound yeah i'm right? pretty sure i've sent you text messages where like the song came up i'm like have you heard the floor tom that's panned to the left speaker in this <laughs> at minute two we, we dissected a lot more it's not necessarily so much about the emotion now it's a lot more about the dude listen to how this sounds like i mean i got like i've got a new record i want to share with you it's um and are, are we going to do the uh, the two songs thing today? Not today. Not today? Thinking, okay. All right. Well, then I will still bring up this, the, we'll the whole record, the though. End, but I got a record that I recommend you check out. Uh, it just came out a couple days ago. Brain Pain by Four Years Strong. Okay. It was produced and recorded by Will Putney. Oh, Will's the man. Dude, he oh, did, my God. He did the last Every Time I Die record, and he's currently doing the upcoming one. And those oh, he's, sound he's phenomenal. The guitar tones in this record. I've never heard guitar tones like this. I... I we're gonna after this is over. We're gonna have to die. We're gonna have to hop in my car and dissect some of this because I want to get your opinions on what you think he's doing. Because like I, it's incredible. It's just absolutely fantastic. But this is also a record though that it is connecting me emotionally. It's really cool. I'm this yeah. record, this brand new record that just came out. It's like oh wow, I am kind of getting this. I'm feeling emotional about certain songs, but I'm also able to to analytically dissect it and be like wow, that's really really cool. It's a, a tough subject. Not a tough subject, but they're they're one of those bands that people either love them or hate them. Uh, and I, I've, in the last six months or so, have really gotten into Radiohead. Oh, yeah. And I always steered away from Radiohead because I thought their fans were pretentious. Because, <laughs> like, no, like, you're hearing Radiohead, but you're not, like, listening to Radiohead. Like, <laughs> you don't get it. And I'm like, fucking, like, I'm fucking, listen, this is fucking stupid. Like, they're not talking about tearing down the government, and it's not fast <laughs> enough. And I, I recently... It's like, I'll give them an educated listen. And I was like, wow, I've been hating on these bands just to seem cool, but like, it's exactly what I want. There's another band. Because I now realize that I'm the like, you have to be at a certain level of musical maturity to appreciate and understand Radiohead. And they're now like one of my favorite bands that I've gotten into recently. A band that's got a, a group of fans that gets hated on a lot, that I, but I love the band and everyone, like, oh, I know a lot of people like to trash them. Dave Matthews Band, love them. So talented. Yeah. I mean, the, the rhythm section, oh my God. Carter I love Bofors. Dave Matthews' oh, voice. They're, they're just, they're a phenomenal band. I was like really into OAR in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, all this like punk rock and metal, but at the same time, like, yeah, that was a crazy game of poker. All right, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, Mr. Brown. Oh my god! I've seen them live three or four times. Oh wow! And it's phenomenal. Like it's just fun. They're, yeah, they're, they're good. just great. That's how I feel about Dave Matthews. I'm just like the the, the musicianship is just out of this world. Yeah. All the songs are so solid, and not as technically proficient musically, but a, a band for me that I would always see live, given the opportunity. But I don't necessarily care to put on all of their records. Is Jimmy Eat World? Oh yeah! Like yeah. live, they are so good. They're just a, a tight band, and you're just going to see a good rock show that night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll just be a great, solid show. All their records, like, I like their songs, but I don't ever, like, seek them out. But yeah. if you can see Jimmy World live, go for it. Like, it'll be worth the 30 or 40 bucks that you spend. I'll have for to keep that, that in mind. It's, it's not like, it wasn't like when I saw Tool, and it was just like, I've been waiting for this. Mm -hmm. Like, and the production value is going to be 
through the roof and there's going to be a crazy light show with a you know the the backlit led screens and they're going to play behind a scrim for songs mm-hmm. to like distance you and then bring you in and like there's none of that but like they're oh, going to get on stage and they're going to play very very well you mentioned backlit screens like i forgot to mention a huge band that really influenced me between the buried and me i, I was, found you're them. wearing one of their shirts now i know i'm like, wearing the shirt right now i can't believe i didn't play. mention them yeah no that, i mean uh alaska and colors just those albums i think i was senior in high school when I found them and I was just like oh my god like these guys are incredible yeah my buddy Davey's a huge fan of them yeah love them I've seen them about three or four times saw them when they did their colors anniversary tour I wanted to go to that but I had to work I I cried we gotta go to this I cried at the end because it was over and I wanted more they played for like two hours and I was like still like please keep playing like just amazing I was fortunate enough to just throw a Hail Mary out there on the internet and I hit up Thrice's front of house guy because I saw them play Visu in its entirety. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me about this. In February. And he was just like, yeah, dude, like we can we can talk. And I want to thank Mike for being generous enough to give me his time. Because I yeah, encou- talk in, in, in live sound, I encounter a lot of guys who, a lot of live touring engineers who just aren't very pleasant. Uh, and it is, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like I had a guy get mad at me cause he routed our console in the theater wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you did this, not me. Like, <laughs> I can do it for you. But it's just like, when you meet just a genuinely good dude, who's for a, a group of artists whose art has made your, made your life what it is to some extent, like, oh man, that was awesome. Yeah. It's like, oh man, the band is awesome. And their engineer is awesome. Like this whole thing, this whole, this whole production is just filled with yeah, great they people. Yeah, Visu in its entirety, like front to back, then they played all the B-sides, and then they played Circles off of Beggars, which is my favorite Thrice song of all time, and it was like, this is emotional. But then <laughs> I've been doing so much live stuff that I was like a little desensitized. It was like, it was just a good, solid show. Like, it sounded good, the lights were good, they played I know, well. I feel like I'm, I'm a little desensitized to live stuff now, like, one, having done live work, and then two, also just being in a band and playing at a, some of the, a lot of these venues that I go to see bands at, like the Fillmore and Ram's yeah. Head, where it's like, I've been on that stage, I've played it. It doesn't have that same, it's more just like, that was a great show. That was really, that was, it doesn't have that otherworldly thing anymore. Yeah. Which Tool, I don't think is a bad thing. Tool still did for me. Like, I know yeah. how they were doing it, and it was just so impressive. Yeah. That it was that. Like, when I saw Gojira live, it was awesome, too. They're just impressive because you're like, that's four pretty normal looking dudes as far as metal goes, but they're playing ridiculous. Yeah, I'd say uh, two, a year ago when I saw Between the Barry to Me and the Contortion, the Contortionist, another band that has highly influenced me and means a lot. Their record language, oh my God. Seeing those guys, that took me to another world. That yeah. I no longer paid attention to. Oh, what's the engineer? That was That was a concert in recent memory that just, I was like a kid again, just... I don't even know how they're doing this. This is insane, you know? Yeah. Other ones. Like, yeah, because now I'm at the point where, like, it, I just, I understand the technical aspects to it. And it, it makes it more exciting when I find something that I get really excited about. Like, being a huge Tool fan and everything that Maynard's done, like, when I really started getting into the record, The 13th Step, which I now have a tattoo on my elbow of the album cover simply because, like, I think it's a great album musically, but like those are my favorite drum tones. And when I was talking about punk rock and Josh Freeze, who plays for a punk band, The Vandals, which is writing just goofy punk rock songs about like, they have one like, my girlfriend's dead. They wrote a song about mullets. <laughs> they have like uh, being in love with the waitress, but never asking her out. Like just goofy, yeah, fun yeah. punk rock. But then <laughs> I'm like, oh no, he's playing on like a really dark record about like substance abuse and all this stuff. Like, 
and I don't identify with it because I'm proudly not an addict of anything, but mm-hmm. like that record just sounds so good. Yeah. And I've, that's one of the, f- the few pieces of things where like it's sonic perfection to me that I care to represent it at all times. And I think, well, I think one of the things, like you're saying, the things being more exciting, having the knowledge, like when you go to a show or you listen to a record that is just incredibly well mixed and stuff like that, it makes it even better because you're like, how did they do that? Like, that doesn't happen. Like, there are yeah. so many records that are, they're, they're great, they sound great, but then there's those few records or there's few live shows where you're just like, I've never heard something like that. Like, and a lot of people like they wouldn't, they won't register it consciously because they don't know yeah. stuff about it. But they'll be like, they'll have a great time. But us, we're just like, you don't guys don't understand. Like, guitar tones don't sound like that. Drum tones don't, don't sound, sound like, like that. That doesn't happen. And, and there was just, no triggers on that snare yeah, drum, you're like, so that's natural. You're like, what? Did that they? was that yeah, was Gojira for me. Those and are those mind blowing moments these days where you're just like, I can appreciate this, and now I'm having this giddy moment of just like. It's it the, is magic. The it's, perfect blend of passion and left brain, right brain at the yeah. same time. And you just reach this euphoric state when that happens. It's awesome that I, that we can still find the magic in that stuff. Yeah. That it's not all just like, oh, I know exactly what's going on. Like, oh, no, there's still people are still just taking it to the next level sometimes. And so for us coming up and seeing this, it's like, whoa. Like, you know, ditching that, that skin of... You know, I'm too cool for like. I was jamming out to Bruno Mars this morning. Yeah, like, just in my great headphones. Songs. Like, lock is it locked out of heaven? Yeah, that's a great one. That's mixed and recorded so oh, well. Oh yeah, I, I be, as a uh, also being a bass player, like the, the bass lines on his songs are so good. He's in. He's not appreciated enough amongst the common musician i think yeah no it's just because he's so mainstream that a lot of yeah. people just be like oh whatever but he has his two catchy songs but like you do some deep cuts on those records and like yeah. you get everything there's like, some you're great getting, musicianship like, on his on his know, work piano ballads but you're also getting like swing and funk and, and yeah you know, like dude's a fucking badass and i i think he's great yeah all righty you got anything else that you wanted to segue into or not particularly. I think we covered this pretty well. Um, I think going forward, what I want to do, and we, we talked about it earlier, if people are interested, uh, I have some things on the back end about the podcast because I, I want to continue to do this, not only with you, but other people. Yeah. Because I, I love this stuff. Um, to figure out some technical sides of it to make it streamlined and more available. But for you and me specifically, because... I think we do this in our free time all the time, but I'm thinking about you picking two songs and then I'll pick two songs and then we can make a Spotify or iTunes playlist or or both, or just post them to Facebook and be like, you know, give these four songs a listen. And then next week there will be an episode up where uh, Phoenix and I break them down on on a real nerd level. Not completely like it won't be exclusive, but, but break down like yeah. the what we're liking about the music, like oh, I love how the chorus does this or how they they structure it yeah, this and way, and then this. break down some of the engineering aspects of like oh, I really love the way that those tones are and how they yeah. blend together, that kind of stuff. Because we can't, unfortunately, we can't play them for you because they're copyrighted. Yeah, and I would love to be able to do that, but I'm also really enjoying doing this podcast, even technically three episodes in, where. 
I don't know. I we I might not be the best public speaker, but I'm having a hell of a fun time doing this. So yeah, I want to keep really doing fun. it. Uh, musician friends, if you're listening and you want to come on and have a conversation, just let me know. We'll make it work. We're all quarantined, so yeah, why not? You can come hang out. I'll come hang out with you. Skype in. Phoenix can come hang out. We can all of us can Skype in together. Yeah, three way, baby. <laughs> I gotta love it. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for listening to the backseat playlist episode two and a half or three phoenix if you have anything you would like to promote uh at this time check out my band marzy maddox uh if you're looking for recording and you know adam does recording as well i do recording if you're looking to do some metal some rock stuff come my way sky on studios or just hit me up on instagram uh thanks you know, for having me want, on the backseat playlist bud you want the one the one two combo we're like sugar and spice with production techniques uh I think your Instagram is phoenix.e.johnson. Yeah. Follow Marzy Maddox on M-A-R-Z-Y-M-A-D-D-O-X. I can be found on the Facebook machine at Adam C. Grabowski. I can be found on the Instagram machine at nonfictionalacg. Probably have a website published He posts here. really good memes, by the way. So um, if you're looking for, for a strong meme game. If you're into bad comedy that's very niche, I am the guy. <laughs> I hope you find me to be as funny as I find me. Cause you I find you funny. You enjoy that content. And then, yeah, hopefully at some point next week, we'll have a four song playlist out for you all. And then the week after that, or hell, maybe we can come up with one today, post this when I post this. And then next week we can come and break down some four songs. Alrighty. Be safe. Wash your hands. Do what you love. Love what you do. Don't be a dick and travel light. <laughs> that's how we ended the last one. And that's, that's my motto. So we're going to. That's gonna, the outro. And keep that strong. Bye, y'all.